Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. So let's go to John 2, 1 through 11. As my bishop would say, familiar passage of scripture. Um, the thing about Mother's Day is you sometimes you try to, you feel like you're locked in to try to find a mom or a mother-daughter pair or a mother-son pair. And, and so I didn't get locked into that this time. What I really got locked into is relationship. And the title of the message today is Draw and Pour. The title of the message today is Draw and Pour. So let's start at John 2, and let's just start at 1, and let's see where we can go. Amen? John 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been, had also been invited to the wedding. Well, we know from Bishop that you, get, you ask questions of the text, and you get from the text what you ask of it. Well, I, I know what the symbolism is of, of 1 through 11, because Bishop, I believe about five years ago, did a whole message on what the, sim, the symbolism and the metaphor of this passage of Scripture, him being the bridegroom and all of that. Um, he did that. So I got that. But what I, I, I didn't understand was, how, how did you get to the wedding in the first place? Like, okay, in chapter 1 of John, we're talking about the very deity of God, how great he is, how powerful he is. And then we get right to chapter two, and you at a party? We, we go from God being, and God, this, this is, John is announcing, this is who comes. There's one greater than me, and whose sandals I, I have no room to wear. And then we come to chapter two, and you take 14 people to a party. Because it was, it was 12 disciples, Jesus, John, and then his mama. So we take 14 people to a party. So we get to the party, and then not to mention that Cana of Galilee is probably mentioned only, is, is only mentioned like twice. I only found it like twice in the Bible, okay? So Jesus is known for a whole lot of miracles, right? So we say Jesus who raised Lazarus from the dead. We say Jesus who, who uh, cleared the woman with the issue of blood. We say Jesus who caused blind eyes to see. But we never call Jesus by the very first thing he did. We, we, we never call Jesus by, oh, Jesus, the man who turned water into wine. We never call him by that, but that's the very first thing he did. You're standing in a room, and you can be the greatest one in there, but you have to be great a few times before people will notice. You're standing in a room, and you're the greatest one there, but you got to be great a few times before anybody will notice. Because Jesus, he, he never gets the credit for the water into the wine. We, we don't talk about that. 
because water going into wine was really not that big of a deal. But a dead man getting up is something to be repeated. So it's not mentioned. And then was the other you know, awesome thing, well, I thought it was awesome, that Matthew, Mark, or Luke mentioned this wedding at all. No, no, nobody's talking about this wedding. But it is, it is in, a, in a section tucked away, and there's something that we, I, I was like, God, well, what, what is it that, that we needed to know from, from this portion? Because I get you're the bridegroom and nothing, you know, with you, nothing ever runs out, nothing's ever going to run out. And I understand that. I get that portion. Um, but what else is here that maybe I didn't see? Because I like to look at stuff, and then I think God gives me some, something else. It, he shows me another side. And so let me, let me show you what I saw. So it says in verse 3, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Well, then I thought, how would Mary know that if she was a guest as well? How would Mary know that you're running out of wine if you're a guest too? Most of the time when guests go to a party, don't they just go in and sit down? She didn't go in. She Somebody in that room, whether it was the bride, the groom, the mother of the bride, the mother of the groom, somebody in that room she had relationship with. Somebody in that room, she said, I know you, and because I know you, I have a resource for you. See, relationships will expose resources. It will expose the capabilities and the abilities and the power of the person you're in relationship with. Relationship exposes resources. And if you have a resource without a relationship, then you simply have a transaction. So she had a relationship with somebody in this wedding. So much so, she was willing to go to her other resource. Whomever she was with, whomever she was in relationship on this side of the problem, she knew how to get her resource on that side of the problem to respond. Who, who in your world is a resource? And who in your world is simply a transaction? And can you afford the transaction? Can you still afford it? Can you still afford for this person to be in your world and they're simply drawing from your resources, but there is no relationship? So, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. So Jesus said, dear woman, which I thought, oh, he's talking crazy to his mama. But he really wasn't. Woman was, was a term of endearment in those times. So he really wasn't talking crazy. But he said, dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not come yet. So Jesus told her no. That's a no. If I go to you and say, 
hey, there's no more wine. And you say, okay, why are you, why you bothering me with that? It's not my time yet. That's, your, that's, your, that's my mama way of saying no, correct? He told her no. He said no. But then she turns to the servants. Who you know that's a guest at somebody else's wedding can go find their resource and then the resource says no. And then she turns to somebody else's servant and says, do what he tells you to do. It's something about Mary we've missed. It's something about her that we've glossed over. Because she goes to Jesus for whomever she knew was in relationship with. And she says, they're out of wine. He says, it's not my time. Well, she knew, I don't need your yes or no. I just need you to speak. So I know my resource has the power to do it. But I know he needs somebody to carry it out. So now my resource has spoken. Now she turns to the participants of the miracle. Resource, he said no, but she still says, I'm, I'm not looking for you. I'm not necessarily looking for your agreement. I'm just looking for you to open your mouth. I'm, I'm not looking for your agreement. I just, I just need you to open your mouth. And then she turns to the servants, the participants. The people who got to carry it out and says, do whatever he says do. How many people in your world can you say no to and they'll turn to your purpose and say, do whatever they tell you to do? How many people in your world will ignore your no and then turn to your miracle and say, do whatever she says to do. I wonder, and I wonder to myself, and this was for me. If it's for you, it's for you, but it, this was for me. I wonder how many miracles I've missed out on because I've been surrounded by simple transactions. H how many miracles did I miss because I'm, I was only connected to people who who simply wanted to draw from my resource. And, and, and you always know when it's a transactional relationship because it costs you way more than you thought it was gonna cost. And there is vo it is void of all creativity. It costs you way more than what you thought it was gonna cost. And then it's void of creativity. So it takes in minutes for your resource to do something. And it takes years for your transaction. So case in point, I, 
have a set of friends that it could be 12 midnight the day before an event and they can call and say, we got to put this together. And in less than 10 minutes, we have something on paper that looks like we've planned for a year because it's the resource. Now, they've tried all week with other people. They've tried all week with other people to get it done, and it couldn't get done. But they call at midnight and say, we got to do this, and creativity begins, thus getting the job done in minutes that transactions couldn't get done in weeks. If you're in an empty place, it may be transactional. If it can't be filled, it may be transactional. Jesus didn't leave a pot empty. He told him to fill it up. If it can't be filled, if it can't be done, if you went from 100 people to two people, it's transactional. So, dear woman, why have you involved me, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do what he tells you to do. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used for, the, for Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. So... Even in his no, he responds. Even in his no, after he said no, he still responds. Do you have enough relationship with God that even if you think the answer was no, you can still turn to something and speak to it and get a response? She didn't ask Jesus to move. She asked the servants to move. She didn't ask, are, are we asking the wrong people to respond? Are, are we asking the wrong people to? We, she didn't ask him to move. She just simply needed a word. Then she had to get the participants your miracle is going to require your participation. What you are needing and requiring is going to have to involve you participating. I want to be healthy. You have to stop eating. I want my blood pressure to go down. You cannot eat a slab of ribs. I want a husband. You have to look like it. I want a wife. You have to look like it. I want God to, I want God to heal me. Then do what the doctor says do. We want miracle void of participation. 
You want breakthrough, void of participation. God, I want a million dollars. I can't save 20. God, I know you're going to bless me with a new car. I can't keep the car I have clean. So we want Jesus to speak, but then we don't want to participate. Because six, just, just 30 gallons of water is heavy. It's heavy. And then on top of that, Jesus isn't the one who said it. Mary's telling me what to do. So now I got to trust that you know him enough for me to respond. She knew the power in the relationship and the power in her resource, which is what caused her to respond the way she does. She wasn't moved by the no. She turned to the participants. Are you confident enough? And this is my question to me. Am I confident enough in what me and Jesus have to turn to the participants and speak? Am I confident enough in the relationship with the people around me? Am I confident in the relationship enough with everybody I call friend? to hear the no, but still want to participate? Can I, can I hear that you're not really interested and I still want to do something? Can I hear that this really wasn't your concern and I still want to do something? Can I feel that maybe, God, you didn't hear me and I still turn and want to do something? Can I hear that I've prayed and prayed and prayed and asked and asked and turned and still want to do something even though I feel like you haven't said nothing? And then Mary, having never been acknowledged, because that is the part sometimes we gloss over, he never acknowledged her. After his first statement to her, he does not address her again. He does not say anything to her again. He says to the servants, fill the pots. Can you handle not being acknowledged even though you had confidence in your resource? Can you handle not being acknowledged even though you think you know or you know you know your resource? Can you handle that? And if not being acknowledged changes your participation, is it a miracle that you want or is it attention? That question was for me. That was not for you. I know you say, but God is still working on me. So I said, is it relationship that I require from you, Jesus? Or is it simply your attention? Which your attention wouldn't have caused, me having your attention wouldn't have caused you to move. 
So having not been acknowledged, she turns to the servants. And she says to the servants, do whatever he says. So they fill up the pot. And then I got to this part, and I said, oh, that's good. Because I almost missed that. Because this is another part I think we, we kind of gloss over. So Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master in the banquet. So Mary gave me the command first, as I am the servant. Mary tells me, do what he tells me to do. So now I am trusting in the relationship that you have with him. Not me, because I don't know him. On top of the fact that I'm taking orders from somebody, I don't know you. You didn't hire me. You, you didn't, I don't really know you, but I'm trusting Bishop that you know him. So I'm going to do what you say do. So he says, and I have my water here. He says, now this is what I need you to do. He says, I need you to fill it up so it's full. He said, I need you to draw and I need you to pour. I need you to draw and I need you to pour. And then I need you to take this to the person who hired you. I need you to take this to the masters of ceremonies. I need you to take this. So the servant, not knowing the resource, the servant, I don't know who Jesus is. But I'm being obedient because it doesn't take, a miracle doesn't really require your faith, but it does require your obedience. So I'm going to take this cup, walking on the word of do what he says to do. Believing that when I get there, Seeing that this ain't nothing but water still. So I'm anxious and I'm nervous. Because this ain't nothing but water still. And I've got to take this to the master. This ain't nothing but water. I've been praying and praying. This don't look like wine. This don't look like how, how close. I'll be there in a second. Let me, let me go get you some more. I get a little nervous, so I go back. And I, well, maybe this is wine now. Draw and, and pour. Draw and, and pour. And still having not seen it change, but she's saying go. He said, go. Oh, God, they're going to fire me. Oh, because this, this don't look like wine. 
It still look like water. And I got to give it to, and then they're going to ask me where I got it from. What I'm supposed to say about somebody I don't know. What am I supposed to say about somebody who told somebody to tell me to fill a pot? What do I say? And then by the time they get to the other side, what he pours out is not water. What he pours is wine. Because even if God tells somebody to tell somebody to tell somebody, what's for you will always be for you. If God told Mary to tell the servants, if God tells your bishop to tell you, if God tells your mother to tell you, by the time, as long as you can take, be obedient to the instructions given. By the time you get from drawing and pouring to, to pouring for the master, it'll be wine. Can you believe while you still holding water? He said it was supposed to be wine. It still looked like water. He said I was supposed to be healed, but I still got a diagnosis. Said I was supposed to be married, but I'm still not married yet. Said I'm supposed to be the Joseph of my family and rescue everybody, but I'm still borrowing money. Said I, said I was supposed to have it. Said I was called to this, but I still ain't even got to stand on a stage and hold a microphone. Said I was anointed, but ain't nobody seen it yet. Said I was called to this, but it ain't worked yet. Said I would have a Fortune 500 company, but I only have two customers. Can you believe that wine is in your cup? even when it looked like water. Can you believe that you still have a resource in your relationship to God that if he said it, even if you don't say it to me, God, I trust you enough. Even if you don't say it to me, that it will happen. That water is wine. That it looks like water. It feels like water. Drowning in water. Got 30 gallons of water. Can we believe that it is still going to be wine? Can we trust the relationship? Do you know him enough to know even if you think you're being ignored, he's still moving? Do we know him enough? Do you know him enough that when your husband's face down on the kitchen floor has to be going rushed to the emergency room? Do you know him well enough to know that you said by your stripes he is healed? That you ain't got to say it to me, God, but you got to say it to somebody. 
Do you know him well enough to know that when everything around you is going wrong, that he's holding you steady? Do you know him well enough to know that after heart failure, high cholesterol, strokes in the family, heart disease in the family, do you know him well enough that you have to believe what he says? I figured out that God is, he's, he's perfectionist in fixing not enough. He had 5,000 people at a picnic, and he took five fish and two loaves. And, and all he had to do was open his mouth. He blessed it. Then he passed it around. So nobody was left lacking. So my, my call today, my plea today, not only with your relationship with God, but the relationships in your world. There are some relationships that you don't have anymore that are directly tied to your destiny. And you got to fix it. There are some relationships in your world that the only reason you ain't moved is because you don't have the step stool for that relationship to get you to where you need to go. If you want it fixed, you have to be the one to go fix it. You have to call. You have to set the appointment for lunch. You have to say I'm sorry. You have to be okay with not getting an I'm sorry. We're just trying, God is not asking you to perform the miracle. He not even asking you to have the power for the miracle. All he's asking you to do is participate. There are some of us who need to call our mamas and apologize. There are some of us who need to call our children and apologize. There are some of us who need to call friends, family, whoever, and apologize. Because you are stuck because you don't have that relationship. You are frozen because you don't have that resource. It doesn't mean you've lost. It simply means you're mature and you are trying to get you and everybody connected to you to the next level. You are not conceding defeat. You are not letting people walk all over you. You are not letting people do whatever they want to do. You are simply saying that I need you. And ain't nothing wrong with that. The woman, whomever this relationship was that Mary had with this person at the wedding, it was important enough to her to go to Jesus. It was important enough to her to go to Jesus. She was important enough whomever, whether it was the bride, the groom, whomever, they were important enough to Mary for her to go to Jesus. On their behalf, 
she wasn't asking for herself. She was asking for somebody at a wedding that it was clear Jesus didn't know. Who we need to fix it with? Who do we need to say, I will no longer be your transaction? Because it's, it's not serving me. My creativity is gone. I can't tell you no. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm trapped. If I tell you no, you get mad. If I say I can't, you get mad. If I say I don't have time, you get mad. You manipulate me into doing what you want and how you want when you want it. And then you want to say it's a relationship when I'm really being a prostitute for you. And now I can't receive from you because you are no longer a resource. You, you are... You are my boss. You're not my resource. Resources go both ways. If there is something that I have that you need and there's something that you have that I need, if I'm only giving you what I got and I'm not getting nothing in return, please leave my money on the nightstand. Because you're draining me. And then when I do get with people who I'm connected to and resourced with, I don't have nothing left. Because I allowed you to drain it all. And then, and then I'm frustrated because I know this is not how it works. I know this is not how it goes. But I don't know how to stop it because I'm more afraid of how you're going to respond to me than I am to pleasing God. I'm more afraid of what you're going to say, what you're going to do, the shade I will endure because I said no. Ask yourself this question. If your friends in your world told you no, could you handle it? If the people in your world who were submitted to you, who love you, whom whatever you told you no, could you handle it? So today, and I believe with all of my heart, I heard the words, fix it. Whatever relationship, whatever situationship, whatever it is, Fix the relationship. Don't wait on somebody to die and leave stuff unsaid. Don't wait on somebody to leave. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call, and yes, it's scary. Yes, it's going to take a lot. But do your part. Pick up the phone. Say you're sorry. Say I messed up. Say I don't want to fuss and I don't want to argue with you no more. I love you. I love you. And I love you enough to fix it. 
And whatever we got to do, let's fix it. Because if God was, if Jesus, if God was so concerned about somebody Mary was concerned about, if he was, if he was concerned enough to just answer Mary's request, then God is concerned enough to answer yours. He's, he's concerned enough to answer yours. He's concerned enough to do what you ask. He's concerned enough to give you what you need. And that relationship is a part of it. Matthew 17 and 20 says, for there is nothing impossible with God. Don't leave it unchecked. Don't leave it hindered. Don't, don't leave it. Do not leave it. Do not leave it. Call your children. They didn't get it right. They didn't do it right. They didn't say some stuff right. Call your children. Call your mother. She didn't get it right. We don't come with instructions. She didn't say it right. Maybe she didn't keep you. Maybe she gave you away. Maybe she didn't treat you right. Call your mother. If she's not here, you have stuff you need to say, write it down. But get that out of you. And get that off of you. Wow. What an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.